Another, another sunny Friday. This is another one I used to sing to Aurora a lot. I should do it again. Bring back all the lullaby songs. But welcome, welcome, welcome. It's the last day of the week. It's the 14th of April, April 14th, 2023. Uh, we are ending the work week tonight. Though next week it's not going to end on a Friday. Next week, we have guests Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night, and then boom, into Saturday night. Now, Saturday night next week, I think that might, it could be the night that we revisit the whole uh, gate program situation, because there's been so much testimony coming in, but I want to make sure I have a guest lined up for it, so it's, it's either that or it's a, uh, a thread that I just started on quitefrankly.tv today. If you go to the forum, I don't think I stuck it to the top of the forum. I have to go do that. But I published a new forum thread today that I hope will um, amount to a really cool show, a creepy show. It's called The Night Shift. And I want testimony from people out there who are police officers, security guards, custodians, hospital attendants, whatever it is. Anything that you have had to go and work the night shift, and it has been a little bit uh, sparsely populated. It's just mostly you and your thoughts for the night, and uh, and something weird, paranormal, uh, unexplainable has happened, and you don't know how to. And it really left you like startled or feeling weird. It's called the night shift, and I want to get as many, many. Um, of you commenting on that as possible because I think that's going to that's going to amount to a really nice night. A creepy night and that could be perfect for our Saturday. I think it'd be perfect for a Saturday. Uh hanging out with me tonight, just walked through the door is Matt. What's going on, Matt? Hello, Francis. How was your day of work? I hated it. Okay. How was your day? You know, it uh, it went by quick. I, I I had enough I had enough going into this morning set aside for tonight that I didn't have to really break my mind putting it all together, and then I was able to uh, tend to some extra things. So, fantastic. Yeah, it's just you know some days, 
some days you really hit some days you really miss but um let's get into our shout outs which i wanted i really want to lay a, a thick layer of thank yous to my wonderful sponsors on the affiliates page on quite frankly.tv especially bluemonsterprep.com pat and gina blue monster prep i think we've been working together now for what seems like at least two years and they continue to kick ass for people in this audience because i think everybody is starting to realize that preparing for the the unknown uh, is is becoming a lot more relevant for 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 all people regardless of income and everything else you just do what you can whether it be uh, just enough food to be able to fuel you fuel you on some kind of a exodus out of the state wherever the hell you live uh, you want to put together a go bag for your family where everybody has about a week's worth of supplies that you can just get up go if there's a anything going on chemical a, uh, a a tidal wave or tornado i i don't know uh but but the more we don't know the more sh the world shows us what could be so there's that go to bluemonsterprep.com and if you don't know where to start get in touch with pat and gina they will get on the phone with you almost immediately and uh and you guys will become fast friends they're they're really wonderful people and use promo code frankly for your delivery fees taken off and then I would also suggest look through all the rest of the the affiliates page. There's really great functional affiliates there. There's awesome great things for the house. We have really quality woodworkers over there. We've got uh, uh, you know hand rolled cigars from the Bronx. Lefty cigars. It's cigar season now. You hang out. You want to keep the mosquitoes away. You want to be able to offer some of the uh, the men in your uh, your circles a little a little uh, nighttime treat. All good stuff there. There's so much. There's the botanical chocolates. There is, I mean, just jump on into it. Everything on the affiliates page on quitefrankly.tv. All right, so tonight, what are we going to do? It's going to be a mix of a few things. I have a thread I want to open up to people. And, and I'll just, I'll tell you about it right now. Then I'll go over it again after the intro. This was posted by a friend of the show. He has a, a nice a nice account on Twitter that does jumps into as he calls it obscure and forsaken history archaeology and uh, and more his name is mass expedition at mass expedition on twitter and a little while ago uh he put this out it was yesterday he put this this thread out and uh, uh, with it was attached a poll i said what do you think the most impactful invention in human history was there are tons more outside of this list. He only listed four, but this is what I narrowed it down to. I would enjoy hearing your opinions, and I want to take your opinions on this tonight, especially in the second half after we get all the heavy lifting done in the first. Here are the four things that he listed, and I want to get in your mind so you can kick around things that uh, should definitely be in consideration or maybe even debating what's already here. Number one was the wheel. Number two is the Gutenberg printing press. Number three is the uh, electricity generation. And then number four is gunpowder. Right now as it is, uh, the Gutenberg is winning 33.6%. The wheel coming in second at 28.3. Electricity at 21.4. And 16.6%, uh, fourth pr place for gunpowder. That's with five days left of the voting on this particular thing. So I, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a really nice thing to bring up on a Friday night. I think we can inspire some good debates. And uh, yeah, so there you go. What do you think 
It's the most impactful invention in human history. Definitely the gunpowder. You think the gunpowder? Definitely oh. the gunpowder. The gunpowder, I mean, sure, before gunpowder, but gunpowder nations and nation states or whatever were falling, being conquered. Well, I guess that was happening before, but not at the scale with gunpowder. Well, you know, it's, it's, gunpowder was around. Aside from aside from guns, there's also just explode. There's just demolition. The, you, you're able to f finally move large rocks and things without, uh, you know, uh, man manpower having to go there and chisel away at mountains. You can do th so. There's a lot more utility to the to the gunpowder than just you know projectile uh, warfare. But there there is that, and it did make warfare a lot uh, a lot more intense but but we'll get into this we definitely will because i have uh, one other thing i want to do and that is jumping into the, uh, the the details or at least some of the details around the discord leaker for ukraine just some thoughts on that and some open-ended questions to see what you guys and gals think and then um with any luck it'll be a smooth show and the week will be over that's what we have all right so first things first on the grab bag let's get on into that Number one, Daily Mail, men with higher libido are 69%, yes, really, 69, the powerful 69, 69% less likely to die young than their peers, study suggests. So all those asexual people who think that they're all tough shit on, uh, on Twitter, they gonna die. Researchers in Japan tracked 21,000 people for seven years for the study. Men who were interested in sex were up to 82% less likely likely to die what does that, that mean less likely to die what immortality maybe it, i don't i don't know that, that sounds like the way sense. the way that that is written sounds like they're talking about it's possible to become immortal it's almost possible men with high sex drive live longer than their peers a study suggests so japan uh, researchers surveyed and looked at health data for 8500 men who were mostly in their 60s or uh, to over seven or or over seven years. Wait, 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 wait. Mostly in their sixties, over seven years. That's that's the time span that they looked at them. Those who said that they were interested in sex at the start of the study had a sixty-nine percent chance lower risk of dying from any cause by the end of the research. So over the course of seven years, those who were interested in getting it on, and copulating, coitus. They were, uh, they were living longer. Researchers believe a low sex drive is a sign of poor health overall, such as bad diet, obesity, or other chronic diseases. A healthy sex life has long been linked to positive mental and physical health, with experts recommending couples make love at least once or twice per week. So, just letting you all know. Just letting you all know, in case you, in case you didn't. So, shape up, guys. Here we go. Daily Mail. Another one from the Daily Mail. A man throws stacks of $100 bills worth $200,000 out of a car window on freeway parking. Frenzied hunt for cash. But his family said he drained their bank accounts to fund a ridiculous stunt. Colin Davis McCarthy, 38 years old, rained money on the residents of Eugene, 
on Tuesday as he threw wads of cash out his car window around 7 p.m. He told police he was blessing others with gifts of money and dozens of bystanders managed to scoop up $100 bills. His family has now accused him of draining their bank account to pull off the stunt and are asking for the money to be returned as they are now broke. Was this for a YouTube video? I wouldn't be surprised. I'm Man, sure they'll get all their money back. Yeah, but, but wait a second. But I, that's one thing here. I don't know how you can do that. Especially since the thief was in the, in the family. Is that insured? Mm, if his name's on the bank account. See, if he has access to the bank account, then what are you going to do? I mean, he took out the money and he spent it wrong. I mean, I guess they can... I, I guess they can file a civil suit against him, but obviously he's not well. He's not going to be able to pay that back. Maybe he's really dumb and he thought he was somehow going to make money by doing this. Well, let's see if he if he was filming it for YouTube. Like he wanted to be like Mr. Beast or something. A man's family says he drained their joint bank account by withdrawing stacks of $100 bills and proceeded to throw the cash out of his window on an Oregon highway. Colin Davis McCarthy drained the money, blessing others. The bills worth around $200,000 in total were scooped up by frenzied bystanders. Dozens scoured the sides of I-5, yeah, some even bringing flashlights along to help them find precious paper bills at night in hopes of getting blessed with some spending money. It's $100 bills floating around, and I'm like, what? So my boyfriend and I decided to go one way, and he goes the other way. So far, I found $300. An unidentified woman told KEZI9. Now, imagine you are the, the family of this lunatic guy who took $200,000 and threw it out there, and now you are reading all of the articles that are coming out about the incident, and you're reading the testimony of woman, women and their husbands like this, who are like, wow, I found $300, knowing it's yours. I would want to find this woman and choke her, even though it's not her fault. And anybody who found $100 bills floating around. Finders keepers. Yeah, I know. I know. But just you just think about all sides of this. I don't want to choke her. I'm just saying if it was my $100, I'd be like, you bitch. Despite the joyous occasion for bystanders, McCarthy's family is now accused of him. Accused of him accused him they put an of in there accused him of leaving them broke to pull off the stunt look at people wow unfortunately for the family police are unable to do much since the account is shared oh there you go god because it's shared they both have equal interest in the money to prevent something like that from happening if you were estranged you would definitely want to create a secondary bank account and then just take out a portion of the money that you believe is rightfully yours wow does he have a history of mental illness is there anything else that go into oh, that he probably voted for joe biden so no. yeah yeah they, they, i know the troopers considered charging him with what uh, with that or arresting him but after a conversation with them they elected not to when police spoke with the relative they revealed this was normal behavior for McCarthy then why would you share such a largely funded account with him this is normal behavior wow well you know the family's stupid the family's stupid if Aurora starts showing me signs that she would do things like this she will literally get five dollars a week there was a lady when I worked at Strauss, she would come in like once a week and just offer people money. She would come in and just, well, does anybody need money? And 
Like, she would hand it out, and the boss would have to come down and give it back to her. Like, she would give out a lot of money. I don't know what the hell her problem was, but it's an older lady. I guess she had enough money, and she was blessing everyone. I guess you can say she didn't. I don't I guess know. You could say uh, Metroverseen not working. <laughs> she, uh. Jean Philippe, you're home. Jean Philippe? Guess you could say, uh. Oh, uh. Kissy Kissy. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Jean Philippe. Uh, let's see here. The Guardian. Listen to this one. <clears throat> Spanish woman emerges. Emerges after spending 500 days living alone in a cave. Uh, I will put money on it. What do you think she was doing in there for 500 days? Uh, I don't know. Uh, what, on purpose? It depends on if this was on purpose or if she was stranded down there. Oh, oh, wait. It says that she read 60 books. That's one thing. She said she endured swarms of flies, read 60 books, and never missed the sunlight. See, I thought that she was going to say that she was binge-watching the Gilmore Girls or Virgin River. But let's see why she wanted to do this. After spending 500 days alone in a dark cave 70 meters below the Earth's surface, assailed by a plague of flies and the odd tantalizing vision of roast chicken... Most people would be craving a wash in some company. But after emerging from her subterranean lair in southern Spain a little after 9 a.m. on Friday and having a quick checkup with a doctor and a psychologist, Beatrice Flamini was treated instead to a 50-minute press conference in which she endeavored to explain the almost inexplicable. I was expecting to come out and have a shower, she told a room full of reporters. I wasn't expecting there to be so much interest. That was one of Flamini's rare miscalculations. On Saturday, the 20th of November, 2021, three months before Russia invaded Ukraine. Oh, I guess it's just as a, as a time marker, but they just have to throw that in there. Jeez. Well, it's important to know. Oh, my gosh. It's, they're telling you just with that right there is how much the world can change in 500 days. I know. I know. To think that she spent the entire horrible Russian invasion in a hole so far. She missed out on all of Putin's Hitlerian mm -hmm. everythings. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's a good she, thing Russia is losing. She missed out on Putin having five different types of cancer and overcoming them all, too. Let's see here. Um... Three months before Russia invaded Ukraine, the elite sportswoman and extreme mountaineer entered her Stygian lodgings in the cave outside of Grenada, determined to learn more about how the human mind and body can deal with the extreme solitude and deprivation. She could just hung out with uh, Aaron Rodgers for a couple of weeks. Monitored by a team of scientists from the universities of Almeria, Granada, and Murica, is Who that really deprivation when you have lights and all the shit that she has? Well, you know, it's, hold on. Here's a screen grab of Beatrice during her daily life at the cave of Montreux, Spain. Well, you know, she didn't say she wants to be in, in darkness for 500 days. She's just secluding herself. Right. Taking herself outside of society and, and, uh, and, and living in, in meager surroundings. And so I guess that's something. I, 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 I could do that a lot easier than living in darkness complete darkness the fact that she at least had something to, to do
do there but 500 days that's over a year and a half i mean you you can't have any f i get maybe she has family i don't know if she has kids are they all grown up does she have any community she can't have communication let's see uh she's now it is now thought to have broken the longest world record for the longest time a person has spent alone in a cave Flamini told the media that she had lost track of time after day 65. Asked how she had succeeded in keeping herself sane for so long, Flamini, Flamini pointed to her extensive experience and mental preparation, adding, "I got very well with I got very well with myself." Oh, Anthony Volpe just hits his uh, hits a solo home run in the first. That's oh, his first first home run. All right, yeah. maybe he'll start knocking them in now. Yeah. Well, she had talked to herself, but never out loud. After all, the silence of the cave, it wasn't my house, had to be respected. The key, she added, was consistency. For me, at least, as an elite extreme sportswoman, the most th important thing is being very clear and consistent about what you think and what you feel and what you say. It's true that there were some difficult moments, but there was also some very beautiful moments, and I had both, uh, and I had both as I lived up to my commitment to living in the cave for 500 days. So, um, she's cooking, drawing, you have to be focused, I get distracted, I'll twist my ankle, I'll get hurt, I'll be over and they'll, uh, it'll be over and they'll have to come and get me out, I don't want that. So, she's, she, she took, kept herself busy. She kept herself busy. The flies, she said, there was an invasion of flies. They came in, they laid their larva, and I didn't control it, and so suddenly I ended up enveloped by flies. It wasn't that complicated, but it wasn't healthy. But that's just what it was. So, uh, that's it. Yeah. Oh, well, listen to this one. While she fell victim to an intense craving for roast chicken with potatoes, the solitude was less of a problem. Before she entered the cave, she told her team that she did not want to be told what was going on outside, even if it involved the loss of a loved one. Oh, damn. So, who died? I don't know. Who died? People who know me and love me respect that. There's no problem. They didn't say if she did lose anybody in those 500 days. But uh, there she is. One of them uh, extreme sports nuts. What, what cave was this? What country was this in the United it, States? No, this is what in is this? Grenada. In Grenada. Spain. So people are doing things with their lives, man. All right. And, so, and what yeah. are you doing? She's staying in a cave for 500 yeah. days. What are you doing? I'm going to fucking stay in a cave for 501 days. I would love to. You know what? If I knew that I had maybe like 102 years left to live, like I was going to live some insane time, I would jump into a cave right now. I wouldn't. No. I'll, no, I couldn't do that. I couldn't stay away from Aurora or Lauren or anybody. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that for 500 days. But I would love to go for 501. Just to say, yeah. Get back in the cave. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, you want to beat me? Get back in the cave. And we waste our entire lives outdoing <laughs> out each other just to spite each other to see who, who gives up first. Hey, Matt, did you hear this? That uh, Obama's dream has been accomplished. Minneapolis, Minnesota has become America's first major city to allow Muslim prayer call five times a day. Uh, what do you mean? Like what? What do you mean, allow? What are you talking about? Yeah, have you ever heard the Muslim call to prayer? It comes from the... the yeah, the, the, the song, the, the whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it comes out of the, the loudspeaker, yeah. calls the entire city to prayer. Oh, they're doing that? Yeah. Oh, so they, okay. So after after all these years of, of packing uh, Minneapolis with hundreds of thousands of Muslim so-called refugees, they now are going to... Ex <laughs> Turn uh, it into where they came from. Dude. 
for the people who live in Minneapolis now, they're going to get a nice dose of enrichment. This means that they're going to get the speakers coming on and this, uh, you know, with Arabic, they're going to be loudly singing and screaming before dawn. That's the first one right before dawn. There's the afternoon. There's the late afternoon. There's uh, after sunset. And then there's a nighttime call to prayer. There's going to be, this is going to be going on all day long every day. So you can mark that off as a, a city I will never, <laughs> I will never visit in my life. I like church bells. That used to be the the theme song of America. That's it. That's it. Um, so, putting that on out there. All right, all right. Let's get this one started, shall we? We have plenty to do in the first half. I want to get some stuff out of the way from this uh, Discord leaker. Take your calls, then jump into most impactful inventions. I hope your brains are churning. Get the gears going. We will be right back. So everybody been fucking saying, dude, that Bud Light sponsored a tranny or some shit, dude. And uh, apparently it makes you gay. I'm like, the fuck, man? Been drinking Bud Light for fucking years, man. And I don't see how it makes you gay. stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Welcome, everybody. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. It is Friday night. It is 7.20. It's the official opening. I think we have wasted enough time to make sure everybody has found their seats before we get on to the main subjects of the evening. If you can do me a favor, ladies and gentlemen, I would love to see this to be a very... I know Friday nights are, you know, it's one of those things everybody just starts checking out and we have, uh, you know, it's a, a little bit more of a cozier audience, but that evens out over the course of the weekend when everybody goes into the on-demand and they, they consume the show on their own time. But I would ask you all, please, if you can do something to sponsor me tonight, sponsor me as a syndicator and... Share this show. I have tweeted out the links everywhere that you can watch the show right now. I've put it on Getter and Truth Social and Gab and Telegram, all those places. Please get it out there to people you know, you love, you trust, or even people that you just want to jab at a little bit. Thank you so much for sharing. And if you are on YouTube, I'm going to leave it on there tonight because I don't think that there's too much offensive on this show. So I think we could get by with a full another full episode. 
just like last night with the storm chasing, which everybody loved the storm chasing episode. I would I would implore you to go watch it if you didn't see it. A really great break away from all the politics. Just uh, we need to do those. Um, but if you're watching on YouTube, please give this a like. If you're watching on Rumble, it is imperative you give this a like because YouTube, it just might be for the hell of it to see if something shakes loose one day, but on Rumble, it, it has real world implications. Click, that's all it is. It just click, boom. And as far as sending in your super chats, there is quite frankly superchat.com. There is the very convenient Rumble rants. There is also the gold pills on quite frankly.tv. And uh, for those of you using quite frankly dot, uh, quite frankly superchat.com, remember you have a couple more days all throughout the weekend. You can even drop in a little something and get yourself into the running for my book club edition of Brave New World with all of my scribblings and notes to myself. And yes, indeed. All right, let's get on with this, shall we? So let's do. You know what? Let's do a little bit of Babylon B before we get into. The, uh, the the meat of it all, all right? And then we're going to do the intentions, the inventions later on. Um, where are we? Hold on a second. Here we go. All right, first one up. First one up is screen capture. Boom. Here we go. Ready, Matt? Headline, Brave Adventurer Discovers Long Lost Article Hidden Beneath Labyrinth of Ads Pop-Ups Privacy Policies. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it's just, oh, gosh. I wonder if that adventurer was Timothy Alberino. It looks like Timothy. looks like Timothy. It's not not dark enough facial uh, hair, but it looks like he is adventuring. But uh, that's the one thing that you cannot take away from print media. You sit down, you turn the page, and there it all is. But the the pop-ups are horrendous. Mm -hmm. And, uh, okay, what's another one we got here? Headline. Drunk Irishmen say they understood Biden's Dublin speech perfectly. <laughs> he made a comment like, I, I, I don't want to leave. I think you should just stay there. Please. He attracted, he attracted a couple of, couple of really impressive crowds. The Irish are just very polite. They are. They're nice people. You know, how many, you know they, they probably don't get a lot of visitors. Um, but here you go. Yeah, they're happy to see anybody. Report. Here's a report. Crypto is a scam. Update. We were wrong. Everyone buy crypto. Update. Oops, crypto is a scam. Update. <laughs> well, maybe it's not a scam now. Over and over again. That's what I feel like. That's why I stay away from it all. And I just, yeah. uh, you know, I just cross my fingers and keep buying silver. Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated puts bikini on a walrus for the latest body positive swimsuit edition. Very progressive. Yeah, could have just had Lizzo do it. Well, yeah, well, it's, she's probably in there. Probably in there. Let's see here. Headline, parents just relieved that teen who came home drunk wasn't drinking Bud Light. <laughs> I would be relieved, too. I never liked Bud Light anyway. No, I don't. All the light, all those. Well, actually, I, I like lighter beer. Like Coors Light is okay. Eh, yeah, Coors. But I'm, I'm not a beer drinker. Me neither. I like, I like whiskey. You know, my mother, there was a, a period that my mom, well, my mom's not a big drinker either, but there was a, a period where she every so often would buy six packs of uh, Michelob Ultra. Mm-hmm. Michelob. The low-carb beer. 
I don't know if it's low carb there's, or anything. Yeah, there's like no carbs. What's the one? Something. What's the other one that is the they call the champagne of beers? That's no, that's the banquet beers. Uh, that's Coors. That's no, regular no. Coors. No, I know that's beer. I know that's banquet. But what's the champagne of beers? Is that Miller beer. High Life? Really? Or? Maybe I don't know. I didn't hear. I never heard that. We one. got beer drinkers out there. They tell which which one did they call the champagne of beers? Everybody. Miller Miller Light Miller Light the champagne of beers. Well, that's now, well, now Bud Light's saying that the whole thing was a joke. Did you see this? Like oh, it was by someone who wasn't. <laughs> I high. was here. It's a joke. <laughs> we hired a thing. It's a joke. <laughs> Don't say nothing, Sal. Oh, Amstel Light. People are saying Amstel. Ultra is okay. Bush Light for life. People are saying. My grandfather, my dude. My grandfather would drink all day, never get drunk. He would ice cold, but as cold as you can get it, right before it would start to freeze. Strove's light. This was malt liquor. Like, but, you know, in a bit. Be done, bro. No no brain freeze, nothing, bro. Just. He seemed like he really. That was a fucking real man right he, there, bro. He really needed to get it down quick. He would be out in the garden all day, all summer. He would just That's knock awesome. down beer after beer and never got drunk, bro. I guess that he was from back in that day where it was either dirty water or alcohol. You know, I, that that was the experience I had on my wedding day. I was taking shots of tequila for, you know, it stayed down, not all day. I wasn't slugging tequila, but, I, you know, everybody's pulling you aside. Hey, have a shot with us. Even things like limoncello, things like that. But tequila's mixed in there. I'm telling you, I would, did not get drunk mm. at all that day. We are dancing so much. Yeah. The adrenaline, dancing so much, it's just coming right out of your pores. Oh, what a great day. What a great day. All right, let's get back to, uh, let's get back to this a little bit more. Headline, Feinstein steps away from Judiciary Committee to head toward bright light. <laughs> That's cool. Good. Oh, geez. Okay. And uh, here's another one for you. Pentagon leaker kicking himself for not just leaving classified documents strewn around his garage. <laughs> so I guess that's a good place to to to, to start here. I um, I got this, this Gateway Planet article that we can move with. The arrest of a 21-year-old National Guard member for leaking classified documents leads to more questions than answers. Until this is written by Larry Johnson. Until I saw the document labeled CIA Operations Center Intelligence Update, I was inclined to believe that the leaked documents were the work of a frustrated whistleblower. But I have changed my mind. This looks like a controlled, direct leak, directed leak by individuals who manipulated a 21-year-old National Guard troop member into taking certain documents and posting them on a public server. I was wondering if anybody was going to ask this question. Um, the CIA Operations Center intelligence update is a document produced by, an an, by analysts in the Operations Center to be delivered to the regular CIA analysts. When I worked in the Ops Center, I was responsible for monitoring traffic from Latin America posts to, uh, and flagging them, flagging items that, an, uh, that the analysts in the Latin America division need to know. I would write up summary paragraphs just like the ones in the documents leaked online. This was an internal CIA document. It was not broadcast to other intelligence agencies. In my 23 years working with U.S. military commands around the world, I never saw a copy of this type of report circulating among those with the highest clearances. Never. How did a 21-year-old kid get his hands on at least two of these? And, of course, it was the Washington Post or somebody that found him. 
Yeah, before the FBI. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so the classified documents now in the public domain are focused primarily on Russia and Ukraine. The CIA Ops Center docs now floating around the Internet are only partial copies. For example, there are three pages, all classified top secret, from an eight-page document. If you're a goofy 21-year-old gamer simply intent on, imp on impressing your young protégés, why not take all eight pages? My guess is that the other five pages contain no intelligence information on Ukraine or Russia. The kid reportedly was a cyber analyst assigned to the 102 Intelligence Wing, 102nd Intelligence Wing, uh, which reports to the U.S. 16 Air Force. So, says that, uh, let's see here, I do not believe that this is a coincidence that he served in an information warfare unit. Remember, he was a low-ranked enlisted guy. He had, a chain of com uh, he had a chain of command. He did not show up to work and reside with duties and decide what duties he had to perform while on the job. He reported to and worked at the, the direction of non-commissioned officers and commissioned officers. He did not just waltz into a skiff and print documents at his leisure. A guy at his level would attract attention if he was printing off a document like the CIA Ops Center report. I believe that the alleged leaker did have access to top secret intelligence by virtue of his job. I don't know if there was a paragraph requirement for him and his cohorts. Regardless, all the, all the intelligence that has been leaked was a top-secret computer net and could only be accessed inside of a skiff. How could a 21-year-old obtain these documents? So, um, and the other thing here, too. Okay, here, I'll just keep going. Let me explain why I think the story currently being sold to the public about this young man is too good to be true, in my view, and is a smokescreen. The first problem is Bellingcat. Bellingcat is an open source intelligence outfit that has been funded by the U.S. and British intelligence. Bellingcat is credited with sleuthing out the identity of the site where the classified documents were posted and the name of the leaker. Here's an excerpt. Uh, pictures of the classified documents first appeared outside of the Thug Shaker Central, that's the Discord group, in early March, investigative group Bellingcat reported. A batch of 10 documents surfaced on a Discord server called Minecraft Earth Map after a user posted them. Bellingcat traced an earlier leak to a Discord server called Wowmow, Wowmow, which appears to have been sourced from the Thug Shaker Central uh, channel. An amazing coincidence, right? So how did the Washington Post get on the story? If the reporters were not tipped off by Bellingcat, then it had to come from someone in the U.S. intelligence or military hierarchy. The Washington Post report is written perfectly for credulous readers. It touches on all the hot buttons, i.e., there's a racist, religious extremist, anti-Semite, loves guns, hates the U.S. government. The only thing lacking is that fellow, Jack Teixeira, was not wearing a MAGA cap. To reiterate an earlier point, the leaked material is not random intelligence material. It is designed to tell several stories. The most prominent is the deterioration of Ukrainian capabilities and the major obstacles confronting the United States and the rest of NATO in supplying badly needed air defense, artillery shells, artillery pieces and tanks. In other words, Ukraine is going to crash and burn. The information about, about Israel, South Korea, and the UN Secretary General also is enormously damaging to U.S. foreign policy equities. This is a real black eye. So let me suggest one possibility for this leak. And I'm glad that we're getting to this because this is another thing I want to ask you aside from your, your impactful inventions is who, who uh, benefits the most from this because it's real information that does a lot of real damage. And, and, and I'll, we'll go into 
what that is in just a little bit outside of what Larry Johnson is about to give us right now. Let me suggest one possibility for this leak. Create a predicate for forcing Joe Biden from office, which I don't. How's that? I, I don't know why. I mean, well, it's impeachable. It's definitely impeachable. How, how's it impeachable? This entire thing is a, a it, this leak shows that from soup to nuts, the entire war that we knew was a proxy. Anybody who cared. Oh, because it proves that there's American troops over there. The that's ne- American okay, troops are there. This entire thing is well, being directed. Didn't go to Congress, right? It's is being that? directed by, yeah, there's not, oh, I mean, it's been, what, the last declared war was <laughs> World War II. So th- that's, that's something in itself. But the entire thing has been directed by the Pentagon. And Lloyd, Aust- uh, Lloyd Austin com- lied Li- yeah, to Congress that. at I least once. Yeah, okay. Uh, to reiterate an earlier point, well, let's see here. It is designed to tell several stories. The most prominent is the deterioration. Okay. The revelations in the classified documents are not fabrications designed to deceive the Russians, nor are they the kind of material to rally more U.S. support for pouring more resources into the black hole of Ukraine. These leaks feed, uh, feed the meme that the Biden team is incompetent and endangering American interests overseas. Just consider what has transpired since these documents were first posted on the private gamers chat. Putin and Xi Jinping consequential historic summit in March marked the destruction of the Nixon policy that had guided U.S.-China relations for 51 years. In the aftermath of the summit, China facilitated a, 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 a rapprochement between longtime adversaries, Iran and Saudi Arabia. Those two countries now have formal diplomatic relations and are working together to end the U.S.-backed war in Yemen. It's, it's incredible. We were talking about this before, about the Saudi Arabia um, links and all that, and, and China and, and how this has been going on behind the scenes. That while everybody over here is jumping up and down about gender, mm-hmm. you know, uh, leftists are fighting about gender, this is, this is the real thing that's going on. The U.S. support for the Yemen conflict was an important element in the United States' effort to contain and weaken Iran. In addition, China has stepped up to its efforts to encourage important countries to bid adios to the dollar and use the yuan instead for international commerce. The Saudis and Brazil have signed on. China, along with Russia, are also playing a critical role in cutting the legs out from under the U.S. effort to remove Syria's President Bashar Assad. Uh, It was President Obama who persuaded the Gulf Arabs, Saudi Arabia in particular, to help fund and incite the Arab Spring. Part of that effort was the Arab League decision to kick Syria out. That is now being reversed and Syria, once a pariah thanks to U.S. and U.K. pressure, is now being welcomed back into the Arab League. For the United States, the war in Syria was another pillar in its policy to weaken Iran. The pillar is headed for the dustbin of history. Russia is also playing a key role in brokering a rapprochement between Turkey and Syria. Turkey played a critical role arming Islamic insurgents with weapons supplied by the United States courtesy of stockpiles in Libya in the early days of the civil war in Syria. You don't think this is pissing off the CIA, then you don't know the CIA. There was another leak today that is quite damaging to Joe Biden. Former Obama stenographer Mike McCormick blows the whistle on Biden kickback scheme. He is a criminal. McCormick claims then Vice President and uh, used uh, Vice President Biden used American taxpayer money to enrich his family and says Jake Sullivan is a conspirator. 
I'm unable to post the video, so you'll have to click on this link below. Just another coincidence, I guess. I do not think so. Besides painting Biden as a foreign policy failure who is endangering American interests, this twist in the story reinforces the meme of Biden corruption. With respect to the alleged leaker, Jack Teixeira, I will be interested to see if he gets the William Callie treatment. Uh, only Callie was punished for the My Lai massacre while his chain of command got off scot-free, or if his immediate chain of command are called to account. Sundance at Conservative Treehouse offers another plausible explanation for the leaks, also worth considering. He said, the intel leak is the operation created by the intelligence community to support new expanded powers for the fourth branch of government. The Sundance scenario and mine are not mutually exclusive. Both may be true. I wouldn't discount the desire of the deep state to kill two birds with one stone. Here's Larry's discussion with Judge Napolitano from yesterday. Now, I was listening to, well, no, we don't have time for that one with, um, with Larry and, and Judge Napolitano, but I was, it's all very interesting stuff there. Very interesting. This is a very important article because there's, there's questions that should be written down and we should see how it all shakes out. Really is. Now, before I get into some of my own thoughts, I want to go to this three-minute, 51-second clip between Tucker Carlson and Glenn Greenwald on the issue. Take a listen to this. Hold on. My bad. Gotcha. One second. And here we go. Coming on. I, sh I should say... And I don't know, I'm just be quiet and let you speak, since you know this better than anyone. But we left out a lot of de details that are being reported in the Washington Post, the New York Times, et cetera, tonight about the leaker and where this all came from. Because honestly, I don't believe anything. And it's very hard to know what's true. We're all being spun. We're all being lied to. And we just didn't want to repeat the lies. So with that, what do you make of this? I can't think of an incident, Tucker, that reveals more vividly the real function of our nation's largest media corporations than what just happened here. If you're a real journalist, somebody who's devoted to transparency, bringing, shining a light on the most powerful government actors when they lie to the American people and informing the public, you would be celebrating this person who stepped forward and risked his security to show his fellow citizens that the government was lying about this incredibly important war with a nuclear-armed power that we have actual troops deployed on the ground in Ukraine. There's going to be no diplomatic resolution throughout at least 2023 that Zelensky is planning on using our weapons to strike deep into Russia, which we were told would never happen, risking escalation. He did the job of what journalists claim to do, which is show the public the truth. If you work for the intelligence agencies, you would be furious at this person. You would hate him because he revealed that you just lied. He exposed the truth about what you were doing. What's amazing is the New York Times, the Washington Post, all the people who were at that Pentagon briefing today think the way the CIA and the Pentagon think. They hate this person. It was the New York Times and the Washington Post that did the FBI's work and found the leaker and led the FBI to him. They're demanding that he be punished. They're demanding that the government clamp down and keep things more and more secret. What kind of journalist would ever do that, would want to see a leaker exposed and punished and then demand that the government keep even more secret? But that is what this, these, these media corporations are there to do. They love leaks when the CIA and Homeland Security tell them to leak. That's when they disseminate propaganda to the public, like they did during the Trump years when they leaked the transcript between 
Michael Flynn and Ambassador Kislyak, the most serious kind of leaking crime. The Washington Post did that. Nobody looked for that leaker. Nobody cared. Everybody cheered because it served the interests of the security state. But when it comes to transparency that undermines the agenda of these agencies and that proves to the American people what the truth is, it's amazing that these journalists are on the side of the government and will actually hunt down the leaker and demand that he be punished even more. I just don't understand how any journalist could collaborate in hiding the fact that we're in a direct hot war with Russia. Maybe you support that, maybe you don't. But how could you hide something that significant, the most significant fact of our generation from the public? How could you do that? It, the only answer is that you don't actually have a journalistic mindset, that you far more identify with your, with your job as working for the government than working for the American people. If you look at the history of the most important journalism stories, it's exactly insiders like Danny Alsberg sees that the government is lying to the American people about the war in Vietnam, saying we're winning when in reality, privately, they're saying we're losing. And he goes and he shows the, the, the American people the truth. Or Edward Snowden, who heard James Clapper falsely deny the NSA was spying on American people. He had the evidence in his hand and he risked his security to show the truth. Same things WikiLeaks did. This is what you celebrate in journalism. Our journalists, meaning the media corporations hate this because they actually work for their government that is their true allegiance so i mean it, yeah so now they're, they're it, it's true when you look at the, the 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 barking dogs the very hungry dogs in the media they they have been just it, it, it's either that of course or they are just part of this wonderful production that wants everybody out there to see this this uh this uh to share a guy get dragged away by so you know losers like that adam kinzinger saying bye bye traitor america hating traitor i mean so they're either they're either out there wanting to really suppress this or they're part of as larry johnson was saying that if this is a deliberate leak if all this is very deliberate but i then they're just doing their part in the kabuki theater that is being played here you know these are all spy mind games as well Everything that happens needs to be turned into something that's that can be seized upon in uh, from you know in an opportunistic way to advance the narrative or at least keep keep people playing uh, in their arena defense offense it doesn't matter as long as you're playing their game then uh, you're never going to actually win. My question is still why uh, if it is really about getting rid of Joe Biden then 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 you know what I mean he's not in control of anything anyway. He's not in control of anything. Do you think he's the one that said we got, we're, we're going after we're going after Ukraine? Uh, I want to I want a top team on this. They're telling him, uh, uh, Mr. President, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you see him them spinning him around in in uh, the Easter Bunny and all that again. I yeah, mean, even yeah. just in Ireland, uh, he's he's so fucking lost, man. It's yeah, he isn't he can't even control his own bowels. So that's my thing. Why? Why would this all, you would do all this self-sabotage, and it's real self-sabotage. Why would you do all this just to take out Joe Biden when you can just convince him or just, just make an announcement that I have to step back for one thing or another? You know, Douglas, Colonel Douglas McGregor, he was on with Judge Knapp. I'm always checking Douglas McGregor's YouTube, and I love when he and Judge Knapp get together. I think they're a great duo. But uh, he, w he had pointed out that we have two crimes here, all right? 
technically two crimes. Now, Glenn Greenwald was just talking about one of them. It is a little bit more of a something that, that should be heralded. Somebody's bravery to want to bring something to uh, you know everybody's attention. Although this kid, uh, according to the official story, went to a Discord to to really like impress his friends, not to bring not to bring uh, you know not to bring attention to a. A, a huge war crime and a huge and a huge indictment of the upper echelons of our government in general so i i don't know what kind of a uh what kind of a a, a hero mindset he was in he definitely was willing to put it out there as they say because now I have seen all of the new articles coming out talking about how the Biden administration is looking into ways to surveil um, Discord and social media a little bit more to make sure that leaks like this don't happen in the future. So it's all, again, just like in 2016 with the, the leaks from the DNC, instead of really addressing what's inside of there, they keep talking about how this was an egregious breaking of the law. They never talk about anything. They want to talk about how the way that people got to access the truth was just naughty. So, so Douglas McGregor, he pointed out that we have two crimes here. That the first one is that we have always is, is that is always very hotly contested whenever sensitive material <clears throat> is released to the public by way of any method that doesn't come through an official whistleblower channel. Okay, that you can you can blow the whistle on a law, you know, log a complaint about crimes witnesses witnessed, or you can risk all and go straight to the press, go straight to the public. In this case, Discord. Now, when you see real whistleblowers and how they are treated by governments like ours, then uh, you you have a choice to make. It seems uh, you are you either going to become silenced, ostracized, you're going to become unhirable, and in some cases murdered. And ultimately, they, they, I mean, ultimately the story that you wanted to bring to people's attention is lost in the fray of the controversy that they create about you. Or you willingly break the law and publish it yourself because you want people to know the truth. That, that is usually the situation that people in this kid's position uh, is, uh, they're faced with. Now, if this person is who they say he is, and if he has done what they say he has done in exactly the way they say it, then he has indeed technically committed a crime. But it is a crime that is now clearly exposed high crimes by some of the highest office holders in our government. Now what do you do? I mean, they opened up fake investigations into Donald Trump, and then they started putting people in jail for three days at a time for process crimes that popped up along the way. You're telling me that everybody should get off scot-free for what we're seeing right now? Well, everyone they, except for this kid is. Dude, they, I, I mean, it's, it's incredible. I mean, now what's in there? Uh, what's in there? No battle plans, per se. Did he give lo the lo exact location of our troops away in it? No. It, if it just said the troops are there, the Russians probably already knew anyway. They knew. Um, yeah. They so knew. So, if was anything, it? it's just... I mean, you know, I kind of felt like there was uh, Americans already over there myself, too. I felt that when what's-his-name came over here. That's, that's what Winston Churchill did. Whenever someone from a foreign country comes here in the front of Congress or whatever, our troops are already over in that country fighting for them. That's it. They have to be over there because we've given too much high-tech information, high-tech techno high technology to people in Ukraine who have been so decimated that all that are left are the newbies who don't know how to use it. 
So we at least need to be over there to teach them how to use it. We're also giving them radar and satellite information that they are using to go after and sink Russian ships. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we have been involved in every aspect of this war, and now it is showing that we are we are we are involved in every aspect of the planning and all that. And we all and that is without even going into the history of the coup d'etats out there from years ago and what Ukraine really means to uh, the new Soviet Union that is NATO, the U.S. and the intelligence services. So, so what's in there? There's no battle plans. It's not even something that would make you and I gasp because it, it just confirms what we've been saying for a long time. It's a purely illegal engagement. We are the antagonists. We have planned and managed the entire thing. We lied about everything going on inside of the war, especially Ukraine's ability to win. The dead, the ratio of Ukrainian to Russian dead is seven to one. Is it? Seven to See, one. I didn't look at the the notes or whatever. They, it's it, that it, much. In, in these notes, they're estimating <clears throat> that Ukrainian air defenses are going to be completely gone by the end of the spring. You know, once the ground once the ground uh, uh, dries out there, then you're going to see a, a Russian offensive that is going to be unstoppable. Yeah. You yeah. have Lloyd Austin publicly lied to Congress about this not too long ago, and. Um, but again, but again, here's, here's the thing. Another thing that Douglas McGregor had said not too long ago, he said that the senior leadership in this country, in this government, especially in the military, they believe they have a duty to lie. And this is more testament of that. But the lies in this case are costing hundreds of thousands of lives and not, not just hundreds of billions of dollars of our tax, uh, you know, tax dollars that's been already stolen from us, which, by the way, is being skimmed by everyone over there including Zelensky himself all right from Zelensky on down they're skimming money not to mention the billions that have been laundered through crypto exchanges mm -hmm. to influence the midterm elections take a look at this here's a short article from Seymour Hearst two days ago trading with the enemy amid rampant corruption in Kiev and as US troops gather at the Ukrainian border does the Biden administration have an end game to the conflict the Ukraine government, headed by, uh, by Volodymyr Zelensky, has been using American taxpayer funds to pay dearly for the vitally needed diesel fuel that is keeping the Ukrainian army on the move in its war with Russia. It is unknown how much the Zelensky government is paying per gallon for the fuel, but the Pentagon was paying as much as $400 per gallon to transport gasoline from a port in Pakistan via truck or parachute into Afghanistan during the decades-long American war there. $400 per gallon. You know what you and I can do with $400? And that is what they invested in moving a gallon of gas at a time in a 20-year war. 20 years of just that expense. Yeah, follow the money. And now listen to this. What is, what is also unknown... Uh, is that Zelensky has been buying the fuel from Russia. Z the country with which it and Washington are at war and the Ukrainian president and many in his entourage have been skimming untold millions from the American dollars earmarked for diesel fuel payments. One estimate by analysts from the Central Intelligence Agency put the embezzled funds at $400 million last year at least. Another expert compared the level of corruption in Kiev as approaching that of the Afghan war. Quote, although there will be no professional audit reports emerging from the Ukraine, end quote. Here's another quote. Zelensky's been buying discount diesel from the Russians, one knowledgeable American intelligence official told me, and who's, who's paying for the gas and oil. We are. Putin and his oligarchs are making millions on it. 
Many government ministries in Kiev have been literally competing, I was told, to set up front companies for export contracts for weapons and ammunition with private arms dealers around the world, all of which provide kickbacks. Many of those companies are in Poland and Chechia, uh, but others are thought to exist in the Persian Gulf and Israel. A quote, I wouldn't be surprised to learn that there are others in places like the Cayman Islands and Panama, and there are others, uh, there are a lot others like Americans involved, an American expert on international trade told me. Here's the last two paragraphs. The issue of corruption was directly raised with, with Zelensky in a meeting last January in Kiev with CIA Director William Burns. His message to the Ukrainian president, I was told by an intelligence official with direct knowledge of the meeting, was out of a 1950s mob movie. The senior generals and government officials in Kiev were angry at what they saw as Zelensky's, uh, as Zelensky's greed. So Burns told the Ukrainian president because, quote, he was taking a larger share of the skim money than was going to the generals, end quote. Burn, this is like listening. This is like this is like uh, the the Soprano family yeah. robbing the Esplanade, uh, a construction site. Burns also presented Zelensky with a list of 35 generals and senior officials whose corruption was known to the CIA and others in the American government. Zelensky responded to the American pressure 10 days later by publicly dismissing 10 of those ostentatious officials on the list and doing little else. Oh, that's why all those firings happened. The 10 he got rid of were brazenly bragging about the money they had driving around Kiev in their new Mercedes, the intelligence official told me. And that's the uh, and that's what Seymour Hirsch Listen, I I know he talks about inside knowledge from people who know, but this is a guy who has a reputation I trust and I will take that uh, at a very higher face value than if CNN is reporting anonymous sources, no doubt about it. So now, now, now here's the thing. And my, my, I guess I'll try to close this off because it's almost eight o'clock, and I want to, I want to take calls and relax in the second half. Now, the concept of government credibility is a funny thing for people who pay attention. If you pay any attention to this stuff. Um, uh, the, the government has no credibility. Uh, if only, if only you are considering the fact that any organization that is three million people in size is going to be impossible to manage efficiently without corruption and avarice running wild. It's impossible. It's impossible. So I guess the, the too long didn't read version, if you understand our species, then you understand why a large central government cannot be trusted under any circumstances. N then there are a lot of people out there who never think about anything like this. They're in la-la land. But, uh, but Americans are not the only ones with a gripe here. We, are, we not only dragged NATO countries into the CIA-instigated bloodbath, but we directed a, directly attacked NATO by blowing up the Nord Stream pipeline. So imagine, imagine Europe's position, at least imagine the European citizen's position. For those interested in knowing, it is now confirmed that the Americans have been lying about everything, including how successful the Ukrainians have been. And in the process of executing this insane gambit to try to hurt Russia, we have not only made Russia stronger, we have deliberately, <laughs> we have, we have deliberately attacked Europe. Jesus, sounds like something Germany would do, huh? I know. I know, man. I, we deliberately attacked Europe. And, 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 and uh, you know, we didn't have the best reputation as it is. But this is like, 
like uh, pulling an all-nighter with a lab partner at your school. And you're like, hey, you know what? Come by my house. Let's finish this term paper together. And, and, and over the course of the night, you catch them trying to smother your parents in their sleep. That's what we are right now. Now, it, it, may not, uh, it may be very well that top European leadership are okay with all this stuff because, let's be honest, they have only tried to spread the Nord Stream cover stories. They haven't tried to get into the, you know, you know, what's going on, who really did this to us. They've only spread the cover stories, stories in the European media and all that. But I have to imagine that everyday citizens, especially in places like Germany, see what kind of psychopathic situation they are in right now with us. So if you want to call in later on about this topic, let me know what your arguments are for who benefits the most from these leaks, what you think happened, and uh, what are your, your most nagging questions. And, uh, and that's all we have. We will be right back with the second half of the Friday Night Show. Don't go anywhere. In fact, help me share this far and wide. I want to see more people here in the second half than we had in the first. It's intermission time, folks. Time out. Press the like button. Thank you. Ladies and Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly, with Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you?
Hello. We're back. We're back. So, uh, we that was a, a, a very solid first hour, if you ask me. I'm glad we got that out of the way, because now we can just sit and watch. I feel like we've, we've done the crash course now. Uh, maybe we can get that made into a highlight. But now we can just sit and watch and see what you guys and gals think. That's most of it. That's most of it. All right. Into the grab, no, into the the super chats we go. And while I start going through the super chats, I want to remind you all. Here is a, a big thing that I want to hear from you in the second half. This is from Max uh, Mass Expedition on Twitter said, what do you think the most impactful invention in human history was? There's tons more outside of this list, but this is what I narrowed it down to. Would enjoy hearing your opinion on why, what you voted for and why. The wheel, the Gutenberg printing press, electricity generator, or gunpowder. Those are the four that he provided. Now, you can come in and argue about any of those four being the, the most important and why, or you can rank them for us. Or you can call in and you can argue that there's something that's been left off the list that would trump all of them. So. The gunpowder and the printing press. I would say printing press because, you know, we're able to mass produce Bibles. I'm, I'm. Spread the word. I voted, as you can, you can probably see, I voted for the printing press. And that was just because, well, here's what I was thinking. Electricity, you got the wheel. Well, listen, if we had to do without the wheel, what would we do? We would walk. I know that the wheel gives us a, a, a chance to move things in greater quantities, to, to build a little bit better, but as far as, you know, functionality and, and, uh, and, and our ability to actually, I don't know, build up some sort of a, uh, let me get rid of the misfits over here, I'm sorry. That's my Saturday night show, my Saturday night call. Um, but the, the printing press is the first mass communication device. And, I mean, you can always walk to a library, even if it's a couple of however long away. Um, that, that's the thing that I thought about. You always have horses to get around. Mm -hmm. um, but th that's the first mass communication device. And that predates, of course, electricity. You can do that without electricity. And I think the ability to reach people and to do this stuff without, uh, without that is incredible. Now, those, now, there's a couple of people who already said the Internet, the Internet... But the internet is is ru it's ruining the world. Well, it's on a direct line, a direct lineage from the printing press. It's I I have a very hard time separating those two. If you if you to ask me, I couldn't separate the two because they're in, they're vitally important for the same exact reasons. Um, now the not everybody could own a printing press, so I guess that's that is one point that you can put into the uh, the pros for the internet. Not everybody can own a printing press, and it's really just whoever owns the presses is able to get their opinion and their news out there a lot faster than everybody else. So uh, I can I can understand that if somebody wants to call and say, "Yeah, Frank, I'm here to argue for the internet," you you would have a leg to stand on. It would be a strong leg. So get your get get your minds going. Get your minds going. We're gonna put that number up on the screen. Please like and share the episode. All right, KT Sky D says the internet trumps them all. Okay, there you go. Right off the bat, the internet trumps them all. Now we're gonna have to. Now we we need more. We need more on that because there there is an argument to be made. What about electricity. 
Well, you can't. You can't have. You, there's you can't no. In, see, here's the, there's no the internet, internet without electricity. electricity. So there you go. You can, there's there no you internet. Go. There's no internet without electricity. You no cannot get Tesla. You can't get to the internet being a thing until you invent electricity, and then of course the devices that this electricity brings to life. Um, you can. You can't even say the microchip <clears throat> because again, you need electricity. You need some kind of power generation. Uh, let's see here. American... What's that? Math. Math is pretty important. Mathematics is pretty important. Um, that's one of those things, though. I guess you need names for numbers. But even if you didn't grow up... Let's say you and I, we grew up in a cave somewhere. We were raised by wolves. Um, we would still be able to do math. We would, and math would be an, a very important part of our lives. We wouldn't know three. We would, we would know three, but not three. Yeah, you know what I mean. Three would just mean something different to us. But we yeah. would know. We would know that three of this and two of this makes whatever the hell you think five is. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, and then of course subtraction. So things like that. It's not you know. We would. Admit, it's hard to try to imagine that world. What how we would see it. Um, and how we'd perceive it without all of the the numerals that we have been taught and decimals and fractions and all that. But basically, we would do it. Now, that would... Even if you want to get more technical than that, without math, there's probably no electricity, right? I was going to say, because I was going to say architecture and then also computers. Yeah. And then also going backwards, I mean, math and calculating this stuff. That's all math. So is it mathematics? Is it math? Yeah, even for the printing press, how are you going to know what number page to go? You know what I mean? Hey, look at this, uh, you know, page number. You need a number. Well, you can always you can always just go scratch, 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 three, four, and then f five, four scratches with the line through it. There's I was other just trying to give numbers more credit. I think you did good enough. I actually, I think that you hit a very, very big one there with mathematics. So let's see what people think about that one. I'll put this, the, the, the number up just so people can get ready while I read through the rest of this. American Girl 3 says, Happy Friday, Frank. Could you wish my kids, nicknamed Cookie and Kid, a very happy 17th and 10th birthday. Whoa. Born seven years and seven minutes to the day. They are the most beautiful blessings God has ever given us. Kids, uh, Kid loves your music and Cookie loves that you spit facts. Damn. Nice. So they're born on the same day, seven years apart? Yeah. Huh. Think about that timing. Yeah, that's weird. That's well, my I mean, brother and sister, but two years apart. Seven years is even more, like, astronomical. Cookie and Kid. And, you know, it's because of Cookie and Kid that I I have got to start doing some more drum drum streams. And when the guys get back from California, the band is going to be putting together a, a live stream night from here at the studio again. So, But I want to do some more visual production on the screen i got to think of some things to make things really fun for you guys at home. But uh, that's what I want to do. Thank you so much, you guys, and happy birthday to you both. That must be so fun to have the same birthday as... Or maybe it's not. Maybe uh, you just want your my own. My sister hated it. Yeah, maybe you just want your own. My sister hated sharing her uh, her birthday. Especially if you're the older one. She was the younger one. So, oh, like, when oh. he moved upstate a few years ago, like, she was happy because she got her own birthday by herself. Hmm. 
Uh, here's Gino. Says, much love to you, Matt, and the whole family, Francis. You heard any more news on the Passio, uh, the Passion sequel lately? I can't find much of anything on it, and I'm fired up for uh, for it after you first mentioned it. I ha- Have a great weekend, please. Coming out soon, actually. I it's think this summer. Next year. Next year, but this April 20th, Padre Pio with Shia LaBeouf. Which you just brought Padre Pio over here. I just brought here. Padre Pio. Hey. I, I, I'm, I can't, can't, I'm interested in watching that one for sure. It's going to be good. But, you know, as far as the, the passion, now I keep... It, you know what's kind of fucked up? The way that uh, YouTube goes. I mean, the, the, what they suggest things to you and what they put in between all of these uh, shorts... That you watch, you know, you have watch. Yeah, shorts yeah, and, I watch those. And sometimes. random things just come up. Yeah, so you'd I, like it to be in order, but like if you stay on topic and it goes off, right? Which oh, you're it, it goes about? way off topic yeah, okay. because I'll be because yeah, yeah. you know, uh, it, like uh, Passion of the Christ uh, scenes or behind yeah. the scenes and interviews, they're popping up a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And then right after it, there's some there's some chicken and g string. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That is yeah. that is going down a water slide, and I'm like, oh. I'm conflicted right now, <laughs> you know. So, but um, <laughs> but still, I there is uh, what was the uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, oh yeah, a lot of interviews now about. Did you know that Mel Gibson went on Stephen Colbert recently? I did. I just saw this not too he long. He was pretty ago. cool with Mel. Hey, he was talking about you know the movie taking it serious, not like you know he, maybe being a dick about it. He didn't crack jokes. I, I don't know if did he like no I don't think it, whatever it don't matter but yeah he I I did see that it made me even more excited for the for the movie. Hold on, let's see. Uh, Mel Gibson, Stephen Colbert, Passion Two. Let's see. They just get the second one. You gotta imagine half of these oh, half of is. these comedians like these late night people. They're probably not total dicks it's just they're giving a script oh i i don't i don't i don't even want to hear anything i've, I've watched too much of colbert uh be an absolute yeah, I know. insufferable jack he's the worst of them all i don't want any any little bright side shit take a listen to this let's see if this is loud enough why no why is that so low look at that beard it's a it's fucking glorious fine beard why is the Where's the? Hold on, is that it? Too, that's too low. You can't hear it. Damn it! I'll tell you what. So Mel answers this question. He's like, you know what, Steve? You should just get down on your knees and <laughs> blow me. You know, you smile and blow me. <laughs> oh, that would be great. I love great. Mel Gibson. He would really, really shock the country. But what but he, he, what he said on Colbert is what he had said in another interview that we had seen not too long ago that I sent you. And so I was, it was incredible. He pretty much said the same thing on Colbert where he's sitting there and said, uh, there's, there's two stories being told. There's what's going on during the three days of, uh, you know, the leading up to the resurrection. What was going on over here among us? What's going on among all of the uh, the the big wigs in Judea and and you know the the Roman end of things and uh, people being worried about somebody's going to steal the body and and, and turn him into a martyr and and uh, inflame the public? Like there's so many things that are going on politically at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And then he said, and then there's this other story that is, and he said again, it's it's like an acid trip, and we're going. You're in hell. Like what is you know, that's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. I can't wait. 
I can't wait. Yeah, and you know what he should do? He should find, like, the biggest God-hating atheist in Hollywood and just give him a role on the movie. Because you know all the shit that happened on set during the first one. The lightning strikes? Yeah, you know how many people converted from different religions and from being atheists from just being on set in, on that first movie? I know there's a few. I saw I a few. there's five or six. I've been watching a lot of Jim Caviezel uh He was struck interviews. by lightning twice. And, and and to know how you know how exhausting the whole thing like where where he was at for those those crucifixion scenes mm-hmm. how exhausting the whole thing was like up there for for f- five weeks this movie killed the, his career too you know that right he only did like one maybe one big movie after this where he's like someone was dead in a walkie-talkie or something like that um, yeah, frequency. But yeah, but after this, like, I don't know how religious he was, but I think after this, he became, like, really, like, a very religious person after filming the first well, movie Well, it shows. Himself. It shows. But he, you're, the movie you're talking about is Frequency. frequency. It's, it's a great movie. That's an awesome movie. If you've never seen Frequency, we should actually put that on the, sh- on the, uh, the movie Monday after we're done with the whole Bond series. All right, let's see. Revolution. Francis, Matt was turning rat. By alerting the cops to the Slurpee Cup appropriate uh, by Anthony at uh, since the California solo couple. Oh, it's written very weird. But um, when Anthony said that he had there was no cups out there and they had to steal three cups from you know Slurpee cups, and you said you're going to call you're going to call the authorities. So they said they now Matt is turning rat. No, it's not. It's hey. Cup cost that company five cents. You can't. Come on. You can't do this to working men. He didn't even get. He didn't even get water. He just took the cup. Shake and bake says hello, Lord Francis. The overnight broadcast of the April show in 2020 was fun to watch at work. Your pops is a real piece of work. Also, that exchange with the Florida caller on Wednesday was so th- was so thick. I was dying laughing. Enjoy your weekend, sir. Oh, thank you, the Florida caller. Yeah. Yeah. Florida man. Yeah, no. There's a movie coming out. Who is that? Nick Cage is in it or something? It's called Florida Man? Fuck. It's going to be about all those smoking gun articles then. No, it's not Nick Cage. <laughs> okay, here's another one. Hi, Frank. My son, Nicholas Farino, turns 18 today. So we got 17, 10, and 18. Happy he's, fucking birthday, kid. He's, <laughs> you're old enough to hear it now. The other kids, you didn't hear that. All right? You didn't hear it. He's been watching your show for over two years now. He gets everything. Uh, he gets everything, always has. I'm so proud of him. And I uh, want to tell him what a blessing he has been, and that I love him and his sister more than anything. There you go. Yep. Nicholas Farino, happy birthday to you, my friend. You're a fucking blessing. You are. You're, you're, your mother, she fucking loves you. And she loves your fucking sister, too. You understand me? All right, get the fuck out of here. Man, I get the fuck out of here. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so KT Sky D says, does the fact that math and electricity allowed for the Internet to be created negate the impactfulness of it? I see it. uh, I see how it can be that way, but the Internet has really changed the game of information and accountability. No doubt about it. So I guess the question is... The question is, are, does everything have to be judged mutually exclusive? Is there any 
It's, it, that's the challenge right there, judging everything as purely mutually exclusive and not in some way interdependent on other inventions. Because, I mean, yeah, the, 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 inter, the power of the Internet, I would say, does outweigh the power of the, the, the printing press. But at the same time, the printing press created the idea of mass-printed, disseminated information. And it, uh, the internet is a virtual printing press. It's just that it can be accessed for everybody. So, so there's the whole thing. Internet is impactful because of access. But it's not, and it's innovative technologically, but as far as its core function, I guess there's a lot of things that the internet does that the very primitive printing press doesn't do. So I guess you can say that core function. There's a lot of you know it, it gets the, it is, these are the the conversations here. Let's yeah, take some somewhat the, the steam engine. You're right, the steam engine. Rumble. Everybody's having a good time over there. Very happy to see it. And on uh, quite frankly TV, there's a couple of gold pills we'll get to in a second. Let's take some calls. Uh, Riley from Oregon, you're on the air. What's going on, Riley? Hey, uh, so I just wanted to talk about the uh, uh, inventions, the importance of inventions. Go ahead. So, so um, I think that uh, gunpowder and the wheel are on the same tier of importance, and then, like, basically everything else of electricity, the printing press, and uh, the Internet are kind of, like, irrelevant in the discussion just because, like, uh, those, uh, there's prerequisite prerequisites to actually be able to utilize those other inventions to their fullest extent, which come from concepts that are derived from the wheel and the gunpowder, which are uh, rotational movement and uh, reciprocation, which then gives us the ability to extract thermal energy and turn it into electricity so basically um, uh, gunpowder and the wheel uh, also give us uh, mechanization for like farming and things like that to give us a stable enough society and stable enough civilization to be able to use the printing press electricity and, and the internet. Yeah, I, I think those are those are great points. Now, the first half of what you were talking about was the, the, it was a little bit more in line with my broader question of are we looking at things as mutually exclusive, or are we going to consider how interdependent uh, some technologies uh, and innovations would be for the, the the you know the success of others? So, uh, but I, but where right. you where you ended. Where you ended, I think, is is a very strong point right there, too. Can we survive without a, a printing press? Oh, yeah. I mean, survival is all about whether or not you can eat and drink and, uh, and, and find a way to protect yourself from the elements. That's how you can survive. That's how, if uh, even under harsh conditions, you can, uh, you know, procreate and, and give birth to the next generation. And therefore, there is still hope. So, you know, it doesn't matter how many computers are around. If there are no people there to use them, healthy people there to use them. So it's, it's yep. great points yep. that you were ending with there, Riley. Thank you for the call. Absolutely. Have a good evening. You too. Great, great opening right there. Uh, let's see here. A call from Twisted Wizard. What's going on, Matt? Yeah. Hold on. You, you, I barely hear you. Hello? Hello? 
uh, bullet. Try to call in, Matt, again, because there is, uh, there's nothing I can do on my end. You are... Sounds like he's down a uh, tunnel or something. Yeah. Or a well. I'm sorry, Matt. You, you, I can barely hear you. Uh, let's see. Let's... muffled. He is all muffled, isn't it? Hey, let's take a call. We haven't heard this guy in a couple of weeks. Albert. What's going on, Albert? Hey, best invention yeah. is uh, rope. Excellent at holding dead weight. We don't use nearly enough of it. Who benefits? The question you asked about who benefits? The Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, and world government is who benefits the most. We have to ask ourselves, if our government's able to print money, why the hell are we borrowing it? And if people don't know, I mean, the BRICS nations are still world government. Right. Right. It's a, obviously it's a pick your poison kind of a thing. And who knows, uh, who knows how stable it all is. And, and if, if what they are promising about gold backed and, and a little bit more hard asset backed currencies, obviously that's, that would be objectively better than other things. But yeah, uh, good, good points there. Rope. Didn't think about that. Now you, uh, rope in itself is really good. Thanks for the call, Albert. I don't know what's tweeting in the background, but that's getting, I think he's down there, down there in uh, by the, the pond. Savannah. He's probably by the pond listening yeah, he's to the in some type of water sound like tree frogs. Frogs, little chirps. Um, the rope. I guess the pulley. The pulley is. I mean, that goes hand in glove with the rope. Yeah, that's true. Because right, Ben Franklin had to use rope to fly the kite to figure out that you know how to conduct electricity. Right. John Otter, what, what's what, what's your con- contribution to the uh, the topics tonight? I think moist towelettes are the pinnacle of human evo- evolution. Mm. Especially the flushable, you know, the flushable ones too, right? Well, I don't care what I do after them, man. I'll, I'll leave them on somebody else's dish. But, you know, you, you get the skunk ass. There's nothing better than uh, a Hooters moist towelette. That Ho- you, you, you pull out of the glove box. You got the swamp ass going. You pull that thing out, and it the perfect you know it's the perfect relief so you're talking now that the 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 best the best it has to be from hooters well you know there's uh you know buffalo wings they're they're good ones but uh, the fragrance off the buffalo wings moist towelettes is not really great okay i i I, it just kind of turns me off but i tell you what man when it comes right down to it when you got uh, when you got a summer day and uh, you just you're not right you know you're just not feeling fresh you can't go horseback riding or you can't play tennis you want to you want to feel a little fresh right a moist towelette's exactly right sounds like a commercial from the 1960s thank you so much for the call John <laughs> it sounds it's so, it's, it's, I thanks. love you brother see have, you later had a great weekend have a great weekend Ooh. Not feel so fresh. Do you want to get back on the sitting? I, I saw somebody sitting side saddle on that one. Not feeling fresh. Needed a towelette from Hooters. All right. Let's see. What else we got here? 914-595-6953. Here's a couple of gold pills from quitefrankly.tv. Jesse, thank you. Sean Joe, thank you so much. We have a few more at the top. Delona, love hearing church bells. You don't hear them anymore. 
I Not, hear them from my house. You should hear them. You don't hear any from no way. that church up the street from you doesn't have a bell tower? No. Nope. And, really? and, and, and the one over here, the one just about half a quarter block up the way, wherever the hell it is, uh, we used to hear that throughout the entire town at one point. Mm. On, on the hour, that does not happen anymore. I think I hear Corpus Christi from my house. i got to say, maybe there's just too much noise pollution that it drowns out the bells now. That I don't feel like it's much more than it used to be. Delona, thank you. Uh, CB Joey says, I'm... I'm CB Keck on Twitter. I've been clipping your show and sharing it, uh, sharing it and the links. Well, thank you. I encourage everybody to clip the show and make highlights and have fun with it. I encourage you all to do that because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's daunting. I, I create two hours of content, live broadcasted radio show every night. It's over 10 hours of talk a week. There is so much that is lost, so much. I would need a, a crew of 15 people dedicated to just chopping up and preserving and categorizing all the clips that come out of a two-hour uh, show. The little things that make you keep coming back, it's not so much the stories that we talk about, but it's the little things, the exchanges, the jokes, the looks we give each other, things like that. Those are the things that really need to be uh, preserved. Um, let's see. Delona again, again, again. Uh, Jesse, again. Cave Toads is great week, Frank. Hey, are all the Set the Charge vids songs on Commitube? Not all of them. Not all of them. Uh, some of them have been made private. I just keep them over here. I gotta tell you, okay. we, oh. Set the Charge. Yeah, oh. no, Commitube. Yeah, I don't know why it took me long to register that. We, and there's so many more older videos. When it was just me and Anthony. Set the Charge usually just be a two-piece at one point. And then in 2014 is, um, is, is when Derek and Tom showed up. So for a while, it was just Anthony and I making songs and covering things and, and making music videos. Really, we got to show some of them some night, even if they're embarrassing. Let's see. Cave Toad. Thank you. Jesse, Delona, Cave Toad again. Figures I'd missed the first hour. Excited you're looking at getting Rob back on. Yes, please. And he says, can you please post the link of the Josh, the, the, the Jonas Son of a Bitch song on the forums? I don't think I have, uh, I don't have a link to it. It's uh, on Hogwash, right? It's on, is it on YouTube? Unless someone took it down. I don't know. It, it might be on the Hogwash. Definitely, definitely is. I'm pretty sure it is. Jonas Son of a Bitch. Just ch search that on YouTube. See if it's hosted anywhere. Because I have it over here. And uh, thank you again, Delona and Robert Sorens. Let's take another call. 512, you're on the air. Go ahead. Frank. Who's this? Hi. This is Jennifer T. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. I have kind of a silly one. Are you, on, are you on a speakerphone? Are you on a speakerphone? No, I'm not. Really? Okay. It sounds like you are, but go ahead. Okay, this may be a silly invention, but I have to tell you that it's a really important one. Eyeglasses. Ah, eyeglasses. Yeah. Ben Franklin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah bi especially those, those bifocals. But no, before then, I mean... No, the, he invented... There was no glasses before Ben Franklin. Ever. Ever. No. Mm -hmm. They didn't work before he made them work. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, where, whatever the hell it did, it did uh, start. So you're talking about being able to correct poor, failing vision. 
It's it's exactly. uh, hey anybody who lives or is able to function on a day-to-day basis because of contacts and eyeglasses, uh, they will they will definitely agree with you that they are important for carrying on life uh, and and tasks and yeah, especially those small little remedial tasks that you don't even think about. That's definitely important. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to outweigh something like the printing press, but it is. Uh, it's it's going to be uh, monumentally important to individuals. Right. Well, you can't have a printing press unless you can read it. <laughs> yeah, there's no point in printing <laughs> shit if no. I guess you can print one letter at a time gigantically, and then you can just you know right. lay them lay them all out, and then people just improvise that way. Well, thank you for the call. This was a great one. Okay, thanks, Frank. Uh, t- take care. Nice call. All right, let's take, let's just go some more. 843, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Eric from Bluffton. Yeah, hey, what's going on, Eric? How you doing? I'm doing good. And about your um, most important invention, well, it's got to be towelettes. Oh, For again. the horse. A towelette. I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> He just hung up. He just hung up himself. I don't think anyone's ever done that before. I don't think anyone's ever hung up on like that. Honestly, I wish everybody would hang up on themselves so I don't have to do it. (laughs) So he called in to say he seconds the towelettes. He he seconds the towelettes. So there is... uh, there's two votes for that in game. And so let's go. <laughs> let's take this. A call from from Sentinel on the Theta chat. Hey, how's it going, Frank? It's going. It's going. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I was thinking about your little poll. And uh, Molly, Artie, and I were, were earlier talking. It was that We were both convinced it had to be the Gutenberg press because, with that, you know, that caused mass literacy to occur. And with that... We had all the other great inventions that came from it. But I got to thinking about it more and more over the evening as uh, as we heard other people talk. And it came to me that everything is derivative from the first primitive tools. Man had to come up with a concept to make a tool to help him accomplish his tasks. And he had to make a tool to make a wheel. He had to make a tool to make the good the, the, the press. He had to have tools to do the other things. So tools are the most important invention. I I like that one Sentinel about uh, the the, the I, well the tools definitely I'm I'm taking that and I'm uh, I'm marking that off that has a valid point but I think uh, the the added defense for the the printing press about that actually being the dawn of mass literacy which means more educated people that means more people who are um, who are pursuing things like science and and math and all that stuff and are actually going to be uh, coming forth with more uh, inventions. Wonderful point on that. Thank you, Sentinel, over there on the Theta chat. Yeah, bro, that goes even deeper. Think about it. Tools, what really got mankind going forward was them being able to create fire wherever they needed it, right? And they mm-hmm. came up with tools for that. I guess technically, right? Like whatever, the sticks or the... Stones. Yeah. Flint. Yeah. And well, fire... Fire's not an invention. That's a dis- well, that's a discovery. it's not an invention, yeah, but, you know, once we're able to figure out how to 
like harness it. I don't know. You ever see that movie Quest for Fire, whatever the fuck it is? Oh yeah, we're we're, we're, we're we're ten years away from that being us again. <laughs> we're, I mean, you see how people talk these days? They can barely speak. It's like idiocracy. <laughs> this is uh, the the education, the Secretary of Education. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that ratio, Sam? Yeah, he's like, huh? <laughs> Hold on, wait a second. I've got, I've got the, uh, I've got the doctor scene. I have to go on. A, just a, use water, like from the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Hold on a second. Where is it? Uh, it wait. really is. That's uh, how old is that movie now? Maybe twenty years now. Not even. And I feel like everything's twenty years old. Yeah, I know, man. We're old, bro. Hold on, let me see. Break videos. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go. I was gonna go to a quick break. Let me. No, that's the I love you. Welcome to Costco. I love you. <laughs> uh, we're not too far away from that, too. Let's see. Hold on a second. Welcome to Costco. I love you. I love you. All right, hold on, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna go on a quick break, but it's a weird misprint. Oh, Hold on a second. I just want to make sure we get all this right while we go on our break. All right. We'll be right back, and I'm taking more of your calls. I see Jerry Coogan calling in. I see Truth Quest. I see a bunch of people also. Keep it going. We will be right back. Hey. How's that, essay? Yeah, right. Uh, well, not so good. You know, I, I don't really know what's going on, but... I'm seeing things. I think it might be because of these drugs the army put me on. But if you could uh, just get me well enough to get back to base. Right. <laughs> Kick ass. Well, don't want to sound like a dick or nothing, but uh, it says on your chart that you're fucked up. Uh, you talk like a fag, and your shit's all <laughs> retarded. What I do is just like... <laughs> you, know, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this is a doctor. No, I, I, I'm serious here. <laughs> Don't worry, Scrub. Now there are plenty of tards out there living really kick-ass lives. My first wife was tarded. She's a pilot now. <laughs> I, I need for you to be serious for a second here, okay? I, I need help. There's that fag talk we talked about. <laughs> uh, right, so that'll be this many dollars. And if you could just go ahead and, like, put your... Tattooing that shit. That's weird. This thing has <laughs> the same misprint as that magazine. What are the odds? Uh? Where's your tattoo? Tattoo? Why don't you have this? Oh, God. Where's your tattoo? Oh, my God. Why come you don't have a tattoo? Oh, my God. You're not unscannable, are you? Oh my god! You're on the scannable. Unscannable! No, no, you don't understand! You gotta let me talk to someone in the army! They're all dead. Everybody I know is dead! Oh my god! Oh! Ah! Oh! Oh! No! Shoot, shoot, shoot! Oh. Oh. Ah! Oh. 
I do, Lord. Destroy the child. Corrupt them all. This is their plan, people. These are demons. And buck the system and the group collective. Do that. And you'll earn your way to the next level. This is the info war. I came knocking on your door a million times and you laughed at me. Basically space aliens. I'm an explorer. I'm a human, and I'm coming. And I'm not gonna go along with it. A Gutterdummerung battle. all of our of our birthday our birthday uh, people out there of all ages like that hope you all had a laugh okay let's see mush comic says indoor plumbing was the greatest invention in modern history it helped us live longer lives uh, ling live longer lives due to less disease and concentrate more on intellectual ideas. Indoor plumbing. <clears throat> well, the Romans had indoor plumbing. I guess that would be part of it. The aqueducts, the sewers, and all that stuff. It helped Rome become what it was, large part. Twisted Clown says, Trump's voice, the best invention, Frank, is America. The best invention is America. So there you have it. There you have it. A little bit more on this one. Let's see if there's anything. There's one super, there's one rumble rant. It's from Valsky. It's good to see you, pal. So the camera angle set up for Matt tonight. You love it. Well, you know, here's the issue. The camera angle with me and Matt. I have inverted him horizontally so that we are desk to desk. desk. And I'm going to have to make... I'm going to have to make a little... Tip to tip. Tip to tip. We're docking a little bit here. <laughs> Space docking. I'm going to have to just make a little bit of a uh, a sacrifice and not actually looking over to Matt too much. Because as you can see, I'm looking over here and it still screws up continuity. Because apparently he's supposed to be in front of me, but he's really to my left. 
So I know visually this has a lot more feng shui, feng shui on the on the screen, but um, I have to keep looking forward as if Matt is not on my left for it look to it look like we are actually talking to each other face to face. I'm on his left flank because on his right hand side there's a whale. Yeah. So it, if you walked into the room right now, you'd be like, wait a second. This makes no sense. That's true. <laughs> but I'm making it make a little bit better sense on, on screen because it bothered me too that he's, we're, we're facing in different directions. But, it, you know, anyway. All right. Well, I'm glad that Val likes it. I'm sure other people do too because it's not the first time I, I heard it. Okay. CJM61 says, hey, guys, can Matt please tell us a funny animal corralling story? Do you have a funny animal corralling story? A funny one? Oh, uh, mm, I don't know. Maybe the one where the mom chased the carpenters away. The what, raccoon? Where I noosed its baby in like a little thing and uh, it came down and it like jumped over my shoulder and it charged like five grown men and they ran away and it came and got its baby and then ran up uh, a wall. But funny, like I, I had an emergency call today. A raccoon on a roof, well, actually was... for Ju for Jules Kroll. Okay, there's a sick raccoon up on his roof. I was like, yeah, he's probably gonna run away from me. And I climbed up. I went up on the deck. I climbed up. I hopped up on the roof. I stepped on the thing, and I got him one, two, three. Oh, so he didn't really put up a fight. He was just like, thank you for coming for me. No, I don't think he was thankful. I just think he was dehydrated. How how sick? Are we talking rabies? Nah, nah, it didn't have rabies. He was just dehydrated. He was out there in a the day, probably because it's so hot. I didn't know what the fuck was going on because it shouldn't be that hot this time of year. So probably was confused, dehydrated. It's going to great. Uh, it's going to go back. Uh, I think th the next couple of days we level back off again. I think we're going to get some rain tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, and then it's all 60s and 50s next week. And. Uh. I like it, huh? I do too, but you know what? It's April. We're, we're easing into it. I don't need this just right now. We have all of June and July for 80s and 90s and shit. I like this. I like a brisk spring. You know, a nice brisk spring for at least four weeks. You know? Like Easter Sunday? Yeah. Easter, though, that last Sunday was. That is the weather that I will always relate to being Easter Sunday. There has been so many of those Easter Sundays in our lives up here in the Northeast. So many. A, a, a Almost like cloudless, deep blue sky. It, it's warm in the sun. It's about 15 or 20 degrees cooler in the shade, but it is. Uh, it, it can be as hot, as warm, or as brisk of a day as you want it to based on where you're standing. And it's just, it's just beautiful. Um, so... I like those days for at least a couple of weeks before we we get snuffed out by the by the humidity. All right, let's see here. So Mass Expedition on Twitter really provided us with a nice topic to talk about. What do you think the most impactful invention in human history was? We've gotten a lot of great uh, things that have come in. He voted on the wheel, the Gutenberg press, electricity generator, and gunpowder. Let me reload this to see if uh, that has changed at all. Let's see. No, no, no. It's still 
25% Gutenberg, 28% The Wheel, 21% Electricity, and Gunpowder at 16. But there has been some good arguments about the internet. There's been two good arguments about uh, men's towelettes. I see in some of the chat rooms right now, Steel, the best invention is chocolate, says Della Meow in Rumble. I'm just going into the general chats right now. You need fire for all that. You need fire for... Steel. The kiln. For chocolate. The crucible. Maybe you don't need fire for... Yeah, maybe you don't. I don't fucking know. I don't want to make chocolate. I'm never... Ooh, what is this? I'm going to make chocolate now? <laughs> you want me to make chocolate, bro? I don't know how to do that. So, uh, there you have... Printing press, no, no doubt. Induction motor. You have no idea just how utilized it is, says Michael. Printing press, says Kevin. That time we drove a dune buggy on the moon, says Honk Honkler. Uh, <laughs> David. <laughs> it's funny. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, David N. says the cell phone. And then no restrictions. That is uh, John Paul Rice says a trick question. I love it. Well, what is the. Well, you got to tell us what you're talking about, John. I love it. I have that in here. I played it the other day. That actually was pretty good. What? The one I just did. Well, let's see. What's that smell? Oh, that would be me. I've been swimming in raw sewage. I love it. I love it! <laughs> yes, he does. Who doesn't like swimming in raw sewage these days? <clears throat> All right, let's take a call from the very patient Jerry Coogan. What's going on, Jerry? Okay. Off. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Go right ahead. Um, I'll give you the, the wheel for number one. Okay. Number two. Why? Why? Invention. Why number one? Uh, number two is the invention of the written script. We sit here in 2023 and we can read all the wisdom of all the cultures of all the civilizations that have ever been able to set any of their knowledge to paper. Uh, so long before the Gutenberg printing press, we had the ability to transmit knowledge, wisdom, philosophy, religion, science, anywhere that people could read. And the alphabet should not be taken for granted. The fact that people were able to invent a system of communication which which lasted through the ages, that is the, the most significant thing that's happened ever since we crawled out of the caves. Mm -hmm. well, those are good ones. I mean, my, my, my wife just texted me. She said, I definitely agree with the glasses. Uh, for her, for her, if she did not, did not have her glasses, it does not matter who invented what alphabet. Lauren is probably not going to be able to read it unless she smashes her face into the, the I don't know what she would be able to do, her left eye especially. But, um, but yeah. And even having somebody reading to you the fact that the words are down there for all time, you can read Dante, you can read Shakespeare, you can read the Bible, you can read Plato, Socrates. You could get somebody to read it to you, if, uh, but it's there. It's not just here and gone in a conversation and lost. So, so that's it, it, it. it's... The second... Okay, go ahead. The third biggest one is the golf club, because without the golf club, who knows how long it would take you to finish a round. There you go. There you go. <laughs> the golf club. Well, coming from a Scott, you had to talk about golf. I mean, that's one of the greatest gifts you guys had. 
uh, he had given to the modern world. I mean, it is a it they, is a major. They invented soccer too. You invented soccer? They chopped the king of England's head off and started kicking it around. The very I think first it was the Scots. international was Scotland versus England. It was in Scotland. It was in Glasgow, and that was the beginning of the what's now called the World Cup. But that was the first international. Scotland, <clears throat> nil. England, nil. But we beat them the following year. We played the second international in England the following year, and Scotland <clears throat> five, England two. And now it's this multi-billion billion business. But um, the, the alphabet, Matt was close to it earlier on as well when he said mathematics. Mathematics is an invention. You know, the study of mathematics is an invention, which without mathematics you cannot build spaceships or ocean liners or submarines or high, high you know, skyscrapers. You can't do any of these things unless people can understand mathematics. And that's far more significant than gunpowder, I think. Yeah, okay. So so then that's a good one. Those are all very good ones. And I like how, you know, and I know that some people, because th- that was my first inclination too, is to is to really widen out and see what is, or or I should say find focus and atomize things a little bit more and, and to see what is more interdependent on other things. What is, you know, pre- what is the, the pre- uh, um, the, uh, what, what pre-generate, uh, oh my God. The um, the progenerator, the progenitor. Oh my fuck yes. this shit! You know what I'm talking about. I've used word five thousand times, and tonight I shit the bed. Anyway, what came first? Um, that's a big question, and I think that uh, I a lot of people's stances on this are going to be based on wh- how how they're going to approach it: fine focus or broad focus. But thank you so much, Jerry. It's good to hear from you. And also, if I can just throw a quick thank you Real quick. to all those who responded to the Mr. Smith uh, appeal for the funeral costs, uh, about $1,000 came in after that, and that's thank you to everybody who contributed. Yes, thank you everybody who did. I was, uh, I'm, I'm, thank you so much again for sending me those links, and I, uh, and I got them out, and, and, and I, we did... We did what we could. I don't. I didn't know the, the final tally, but I just uh, hope that it all went for the best. Thanks again, Jerry, for Karen. And Matt looks good without a hat. Looks good. Thank you. All right, brother. Be good. <laughs> Have a great weekend. You too. So there's. Um, hmm, shit. What the hell was I going to say just about that? It is. Oh man, what was Jerry talking about with the math and everything? I guess the whole the whole point there is concepts or actual inventions. The concepts that unlock and in, you know open up a door to so many inventions and then innovation and innovation and evolu- and evolving technologies. You know the concepts of mathematics those are you have to invent those things as well you have to work them out the formulas uh, at one point there were no formulas and then you start realizing how you put factors together to create these equations that actually consistently produce accurate results in whatever uh, information you're trying to gain and whether it be uh, you know measuring something for architectural reasons or anything measuring the distance between stars mapping out the sky all that stuff you know, th- th- no doubt. So I, I guess when we come down to, you know, actual tangible things and looking at them mutually exclusively and which had the greater impact in its time, because you eliminate a whole bunch of debate when you say that, well, you can't really talk about the Internet 
you, you know, it's it's all in under the same umbrella as the, uh, the as Gutenberg, because Gutenberg started it all off, and there is not one without the other. Well, then you 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 eliminate a whole bunch of debate that could be had. Now, someone over here in one of the chats just said that they said that. Uh, hold on, where the hell is it? Wait, fire and the steam engine is an invention. Which I the steam engine yes fire no, how can you invent how can you, you invent had to invent the way to to create it? Well, you had to you had to discover what factors create the chemical reaction that is fire. You ha- it's a, fire is a discovery. You did not invent something that can be sparked by lightning. Lightning uh, can, creates fire. You you if you saw a bolt of lightning incinerate a tree and suddenly it's on fire you can't say i invented it there it is if you see that that's what starts the fire but then you start a fire by rubbing sticks together i think you can say you created fire in that case i you i I, then in that case i would say you have discovered the secret in in okay yeah okay yeah the secret the secret okay or the formula or or what because like i said fire is technically a chemical reaction um, but to, to say that you invented you invented the um, you just unlock the formula. It's not I, I can't count that as an invention. It's a discovery. So um, all right, Cave Toad says the greatest invention realizing harmonics down tubes and how holes affect the sound. Then stringed instruments. And then the internal combustion engine again from CJM61. All right. Well, listen, we took a lot of great calls. I'm glad about I don't know if we really got around to a... It's it's not going to reach a conclusion. Everybody has their stances, and I think many of them are valid. Even the wipeable flushes or the flushable wipes, which John... Disinfectant, Otter, you know? Penicillin is the... Well, no, I mean, just the wipe, the wipe, the wipe oh. is a disinfectant, too, so, you know, yeah. Lysol. That's a good invention. Something like Lysol. Yes, indeed. All right, everybody. Well, it's been great to have you all here. I want to thank Stostu. We just sent the super chat in. It said, Friday night chill session in effect always. Thank you, Frank and Matt. Thank you. And over on Rockfin, Twisted Wizard said the utilization of fire to cook and heat and light. Also, on King's poll about smell, it's a one to two. Okay, so then he not so much, not so much on the smelly end, but uh, let's. But you utilize. See, there you go. Utilization of fire in order to cook. Are you inventing cooking? In that case, fire is but a tool, a tool that I don't think you you have to invent a hammer. You have to invent a chisel. You can't invent fire. You can't invent it. So I think that utilization of fire to develop the culinary arts, I guess you would say the culinary arts, or but, but then again, you don't have to go and, it might be a bland, not so, if you're just eating from the trees and whatever. I don't know, that's murky. That's murky. Is cooking an invention? I guess. Mm. You, you, deve- you develop techniques. I mean, there is a lot of science in that. You start realizing what uh, what cooking does to 
help cure meats and to and to sterilize, you know, to really, I don't know. Yeah, who figured all this shit out? Dude, dude, somebody, somebody was the first person. Because if we didn't know how to do it at first, how did we fucking even survive? There was a time Enough where the first person <coughs> plucked <coughs> a banana off the tree, said, what the fuck is this? <laughs> And had to had to you know actually go and um, I don't know uh, I mean debate himself whether or not to eat this thing. It could kill me. There was a time that people didn't you know the first lemon you you touch your tongue to that and all of a sudden you're like oh my god I think I made a mistake yeah and then you know a couple thousand years later you know we're squirting lemons all over our fish and our clams and all this other shit it's just it's part of everyday life it's lemonade but there was one person who had to come about, uh, come upon that fruit hanging from the tree and say should I should I do this you want me, should I try it everyone everyone else is like yeah yeah we dare you we do dare it, you go it, ahead go do ahead it, do it do it do it do it do it uh, Sapuku says pudding pops or a phallic stimulant. Phallic stimulant. What is that, like a... Like An a, erectile dysfunction like medication? Cialis? Uh, I don't know what that's... Uh, All right, everybody. Thank you so much for everything. Uh, I have a little something here on the Weekend Roundup, which starts right now on QuiteFrankly.tv. Tonight's Weekend Roundup will be a full night of the best and most entertaining clips of this week. Also, we will kick the night off directly after the show with an exclusive special never-before-seen first-time showing of the unreleased Set the Charge music video for the, the, the song Stay Inside that I played the other night. The personal favorite video... Uh, personal favorite videos made by Abe's Army. Enjoy only tonight on QuiteFrankly.tv so if you want to see the version that uh, Abe put together that never saw the light of day, you can go to QuiteFrankly.tv right now and check that out and then it's just a weekend roundup as we said. And maybe on Sunday night I'll play that movie Frequency. That'll be a nice Sunday night feature. Perhaps we just do it on Sunday instead of waiting for a Monday. But um, Monday night has a lot more people watching, so who knows. Thank you, guys and gals, for everything. Matt, thank you again for, for showing up. Thank you, Francis. Great hanging with you. And for those of you at home um, who have been with me all week, I appreciate you. And I would really, really appreciate if you were to go to quitefrankly.tv and consider even becoming a $2 a month sponsor. That's the smallest one that we have available on the sponsor us section directly through the, uh, the site. But there's Subscribestar, um, there's there's uh, Patreon, there's a few other places you can go to. It's all there on the site. It'd be wonderful to welcome you as a sponsor this weekend, no matter how small. Remember, $2 a month, that's $24 a year, and it's for over 11 hours of talk a, uh, a week when you think about all the, the extra we've done. See, it's already 9.04. And remember, I get on about five or seven minutes early to start the uh, to start the, the motors up. So there's a lot of extra. And you get even more when you become a monthly sponsor. You get to hang out with us on Sunday morning, uh, Sunday afternoon streams. You get all exclusive access to live streamed content that is, uh, that is only available to sponsors. And that is stuff like our book club, which is really high quality stuff. High quality comp, uh, uh, commentary and co-hosts and books. So come and join us. Become a sponsor over the weekend, and I will see you on Monday night. I really cannot wait. Good night, everyone.
I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience. And now our super chatters, starting with Twisted Wizard and Sp- uh, Sapaku. Thank you, Stostube. And Mushkamakim. Mushkamakim again. Twisted Clown. KT Sky D. American Girl 3. Gino Revolution. Shake and Bake. Deb Deplorable. Happy birthday to all of our birthday boys and girls out there. It was wonderful to have you on. And thanks again to uh, Valsky over on Rumble. See you later. Like and share the episode.